Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online is brought to you by Apostrophe. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash ghost. When you use code ghost, that's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. Today on a haunting episode of Real Ghost Stories Online, the family is tormented day after day by a home whose spirits won't calm down. From the years of living in it as their residence, to passing the home down to a child, and even when the home is rented out to others, the sometimes good, but oftentimes dark entities refuse to let the living reside in peace. That story, and much more, today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. Of course, you can also write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. That's a supporter of the show. So I have to do that at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash realghoststories or just search Real Ghost Stories online uh, in the uh, Patreon app. Uh, and uh, leave us a review there on Apple Podcasts. We do greatly appreciate that. Tony and Harper with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Well, we have a special guest in the studio with us. We do have a special guest in the studio Would with us. Would you like to say hi? Do you want to say hi? You don't have to if you don't want to. You want to say hi? Hi. There we go. Yes. That is Cambria, my best friend. <laughs> and uh, she's hanging out here uh, with us uh, this weekend and having some fun. Uh, but uh, we got to do shows. So we're doing shows and you get to see how a podcast is made. It's, and I get paid. It's Yeah, and you get paid. Yes. <laughs> it's super exciting for everyone. Uh, so, yeah, there's we're trying to figure out, you know, uh, it, it's us hanging out this weekend um, uh, here at uh, the Harper Funland. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and we're thinking possibly uh, later. Uh, I don't know today. I don't know. And I probably can't use it because I have my uh, my gimpy arm here that I can't really do much with. <laughs> um, that uh, it might be time to break out the giant slip and slide and yeah. see see exactly where that goes. I've talked about it on the air before, but I've I've over the winter months when you know you sit there and you just think of warm and happy thoughts and summer. I thought, okay. I'm going to put together a 300 foot slip and slide. These yeah. are the thoughts that go through my mind as an almost 40 year old man. You know, it's still very much. A, and I a think father. Like yeah. I still think like I'm like 12. So uh, anyways, that may be on the uh, agenda here later. But right now it's ghost stories. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's uh, go over here to our first letter of the day. It says when I was 16, my parents bought a house. We were a family of six. My little brother was three. My sister was 11. And I was 16. We moved in October. Chilly, rainy season. But to me, the house had a chill of its own. Maybe because the furnace was old. The new one was about to be installed. My room was upstairs. And my sister's, there was a bit of an argument over which room we would choose. We both wanted the smaller room. But she was given the small room with the creepy attic door. But we both wanted that room seems strange to me now. A couple of months later that mom and dad would come home to things in the middle of the kitchen floor. My dad thought someone may be coming into the house when we're gone. 
He changed all the locks on the doors and made sure that all of the windows were safely closed and locked. Still, every now and again, there'd be something on the floor. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she was experiencing things that we weren't aware of. A paper bag with yarn for her crochet project was lying on its side one day, and it was placed upright before, before her eyes. She had other things happen, many that I don't recall now that I'm 61 years old. My mom kept many things that were happening to herself. She said that her fear was that everybody would think she was crazy if she told them what was happening. My sister, who was home alone one day, witnessed seeing the couch cushion suddenly go down as if someone had just sat on it. Every time she was home alone, and this is before remote-controlled TVs, our TV started changing channels. She was freaked out, scribbled a note for my parents, and went to her friend's house. Little by little, we all began to experience things, and that's what led us to be frightened, know that we would never forget. Whatever or whomever this thing was began to cause fear in our family to the point of my family not wanting to go into the house and returning for a shopping trip after dark. They'd sit in the car. They'd talk, put off going in there. There's so many things that happened. My mom and brother saw someone in our home. My sister was walking into the kitchen and glanced over to see what she was, what she said was an old man sitting on the kitchen chair. He looked up at her with a very sad face. My brother was four or five, and he referred to her as an old lady who looked like a witch. She looked around the doorway, and he said that she scared him, and he scared her because she moved back behind the doorway. She looked around as if to see if anyone was there. I got engaged, was married. Thank goodness I lived in the house for two years. After I moved away, things became so much worse and more frequent. I felt like my family was being terrorized by something that couldn't be seen. My mom saw the previous owner one day. He lived next door and he'd done some minor work on the house, like paintings, and sold it. He was mowing one day and my mom called him over to the fence. She spoke, uh, I have a question. He told her that he knew what she was going to ask him about. He then proceeded to tell her that he'd been painting one day, became really tired, so he laid on the floor to take a quick nap. He woke up when someone shook him, only there was no one there. Someone later asked him if that was true, and he denied it. He'd also told my mom that a previous tenant left in the middle of the night. He'd had a struggle with what was there, and things were broken. The tenant never returned to get his things. He denied that he'd said those things. Mom was upset. People were going to think that she lied. My dad was home alone and said that there was a loud sound upstairs, as if a metal container was dropped. He went upstairs to look, and nothing was out of place. The kitchen window was next to the alley, and you'd see someone walking down the alley, go to the door, and see who it was, but there was no one there. Could this spirit or spirit's ghosts be outside, too? My mom and dad's room were next to the hallway. Mom said that she would see a tall, dark figure with a black coat and a hat walk past the doorway in the hall. She said he looked Amish. I've listened to your program for quite some time, and the first time that I heard a story about a hat man, I was shocked that other people have seen things like this too. The woman that was my, that my little brother saw, he said that she looked like a witch. Her hair was messy. She looked scared when she was there. I've heard similar stories and think maybe she was what they call a hag. I don't know what resides in that house, but it, I do know it's nothing good. If you'd like to hear more, there is more, and it gets more intense. My parents lived there for eight years. 
They fled in the middle of the night at one point. Things went from bad to worse, and I received a call from them one night asking if they could come to my house. Thank you for the show. I enjoy, enjoy the stories. and It sheds some light on what my family endured for eight years. Imagine just fleeing your house in the middle of the night. And leaving all your stuff. That would I, I don't I couldn't do that. I I like my stuff too much. I, you know? I do too. That that's something I just can't like yeah. conjure up. The thinking of how to yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting. I like my stuff, but as I've gotten older, I don't I, I don't fear like if something were to happen, like a tornado or a fire, because it's just stuff. When I was younger, I would be um I, I think I got like too attached to my stuff. And then it would like influence like where I could live or where I couldn't live. Like you got to have room to get this couch over here. I had one apartment. I, I couldn't get a couch in the door that I had. So I ended up giving it to my parents for a while. Um, and, and there was just always, um, there was like an anchoring of having stuff. Yeah. And, and if I could go back, I would have less stuff so I could move around. I mean, I moved around quite a bit, but I think I would have less stuff so I could move around even more. Uh, you don't realize that until you, you're older. And it's like, oh, you know, the stuff is just stuff. Um, and and the thing back then, too, too would have been uh, pictures. You know, get your pictures out. Now just digitally get them in the cloud somewhere. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about that. So when the, the home is burning, you can grab the cat instead of the pictures. In the past, it would have been the pictures and the cat gets the flames. But, no, I'm kidding. But I have this thing where, like, with all my plushies and stuff, you mm -hmm. know how I have like dozens and dozens of plushies. Yeah, they're all up. They're all up in my bed. Um, and whenever they like fall out of my bed, I feel so bad because there's like no room. <laughs> you have. Like, I have yeah. such a big attachment towards plushies, and I can't help it. I get it. I get it. I mean, you're pretty much, you know, an only child, and I mean, I was too, and. Yeah, I I that I still have my Baron Bunny from when I was a kid, and you know where it you know where it lives. It yeah. lives in the storm room. They live in like the box of like stuff you take in the event of a nuclear disaster. Yeah, that's like okay, what's going on? Let's run. Got to take my my two stuffed animals. That's still I keep down there. I just need to like take a big like all of them. Yeah, just throw them down there. I will. The entire storage room will be filled with plushies. You couldn't even, like, sit down. Well, that'd be great. When there's a tornado, it's kind of like a, a ball pit, but it's all plushies. So yes. we just kind of go into this little hole in the ground and just sink into plushies. It'd be happy. It would be. It'd be very happy. And then, so, and then the tornado comes over and they got to pry us out of there. Like, no, we're good. We're having fun. We're the Oh, the house is gone? That's cool. We got the plushies. We're good. Yeah. Back to our conversation in just a moment. First, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm tired of getting unsolicited comments for everything in my life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of the biggest things that people get unsolicited advice for is your skin. If you're tired about hearing, you should just drink some more water, wash your face, clear your skin. It'll do this, do that. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. There's a lot of buzz when it comes to finding what's right for your skin. But uh, in my opinion, it's best to get real advice from the experts. That's why we're excited to be partnering with Apostrophe. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin. Through Apostrophe, you get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne. Simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies 
and a board-certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan. It's super easy. Apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne, even back, chest, butt acne. It's it's all there. Uh, I use them. They have great sunscreen, which I use definitely all the time with them. But I also love some of the anti-aging, the anti-wrinkle creams that they have. That, to me, are some of my favorites that I personally uh, like to use. What are your skincare goals? They can help you. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash ghost. When you use our code ghost, that's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash ghost and click get started. Then use our code ghost and sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your Real Ghost Stories with us. We would love to hear them. Let's uh, go over here to a phone call and hear your ghost story. Hi, go ahead. Hey, Tony, it's Denise from Baltimore. This is my last time calling because I'm ready to go to bed after this. But I have one story to tell you, another story. But this one was, like, horrible. So, everybody remember the movie Exorcist. Well, when the Exorcist first came out, I was very young. And my parents did everything they could to not allow me to watch this movie. Because they said it was just frightening. And it is. So, anyway. So, as I was getting a little older, we were still living in, that, living in this spooky haunted house. To me, it was a haunted house. But it was a pretty haunted house, but it was a haunted house to me. But anyway, we lived in this house. They had a lot of things going on, a lot of spirits. Just, it was, but I was young, but it was still creepy. So I was able to watch the movie The Exorcist. And my dad said to me, Meenaboo, because that was my nickname, still is, are you sure you want to see this movie? It's pretty scary. And I was like, yes, Daddy, I love horror. I love horror movies. He's like, are you sure you want to watch it? I said, yes, Daddy, I want to watch this movie. So he put on an exorcist. Well, goodness gracious, this movie scared me to the bones. It was so chilling to see a young girl in that kind of condition with that face that was horrible and those voices and that. Oh, my gosh. It was the worst movie ever. It frightened me so bad, I could not sleep in my room by myself. That's how frightened I was. And my dad said, I told you, Nina Boo, that you were going to be afraid. I said, Daddy, please, please sleep in my room with me. Please sleep in my room with me. I cannot sleep in that room by myself. So my dad did, because he was so cool. So he's like, okay, I'll sleep with you tonight, Nina Boo, but you're on your own tomorrow. I did not want you to see the movie. I knew you was going to be afraid. And I was. So my sister and I slept in the other bed because I had two twin beds in my, our room. And my sister and I slept together, and my dad slept in my bed. Well, I could not go to sleep, even though my dad was in there. So I was under the covers, and I couldn't sleep. But I was just thinking about that horrible face. And mind you, I'm not asleep. So I was just thinking about her horrible face and all the stuff that was coming out of her mouth, and I was so freaked out. So I just happened to look over at my bed where my dad was sleeping, and it was somebody standing there that looked just like the girl in the movie. Now, I know spirits, they know your fears, they know what's going on, they see. So they knew I was so frightened of this girl's face that whatever spirit was in that house, it made itself look like that girl. 
I was so frightened. I put the covers over my head. I said, Dear Lord, please make it go away. And when I looked over there again, it was still standing there glaring at me. And it was real. It wasn't fake. I wasn't asleep because I hadn't gone to sleep yet. It was staring at me and staring at me looking just like the exorcist girl, Linda Blair. I mean, it looked just like her, but the one that was possessed. So I put the covers over my head. I got really close to my sister, and I just stayed there for like 15 minutes. And I peeked my head out of the covers again. Now, mind you, it's dark in the room, so I'm peeking as small as I could, as if they can't see me, and they can. But I peeked out, and it was gone. She was gone. So then I laid over. I was like, okay, okay, maybe I'm freaking myself out. I look over again, and it's back. Burn at me, glaring at me. This was the worst night ever. I, I couldn't even tell you what time I fell asleep. I think I stayed up all night long. I could not sleep. I was too scared to even get out of the bed to hit my dad and say, Daddy, somebody's in here. That is the kind of fear I felt. When you're that frightened, you can't even get up and run to somebody. I wanted to scream so bad. I was too frightened to scream because I knew if I screamed, she knew I would scream. The thing that was standing there would know it. Like, I can't explain that kind of fear, but now I understand why people don't run. You are frozen in time. You do not move. Like, my dad was right there, and I could not scream his name. I did not get out of the bed. I was just frozen in fear, and I just wanted to tell you about that because I never forgot that. This is terrible, that kind of fear. Oh, well, I hope you enjoyed the story. And all these, this is true. Like, really, really, it really, really happened. Like, oh, that's why I know ghosts are real. I have had so many experiences with them. They are as real as you picking up an ink pen and writing on a piece of paper. That's how real they are. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye for now. I think there was two things going on there. there I think she had sleep paralysis. That's why she couldn't move. Um, but you can open your eyes and when you have sleep paralysis, you can open your eyes and you're going to see whatever your mind is projecting. And oftentimes it's something scary. Um, and if that was the trigger of the scary thing going on in her life, her mind was projecting that there now, now could it be something paranormal? Could there have been something that was taking? Yeah, I, I think there could have been, but I think in this case, there also could have likely just as been, um, the sleep paralysis doing what sleep paralysis does. And another thing it is. I thought it could have been was just like you know when you fall asleep but you don't think you're asleep mm-hmm. and you have like a dream that you're like up and doing something yeah but it's just off I think that might have been it what just kind of like she fell asleep but she didn't think she was asleep mm-hmm. and that was just kind of like projecting in her mind oh I see what you're saying yeah it, it, the mind can do amazing things um when I was a kid I had a, a somewhat similar experience to this I um I really I loved zombies and that sort of stuff and it was just kind of my jam and I uh was begging my parents that this is pre-youtube kids uh and I was begging my parents can I rent Michael Jackson's thriller from the video store um, and it was it's basically it was just the music video, but it's like a 15 minute piece and it's creepy and all that. So I finally I get permission to rent it. So I rented Thriller and I watched it over and over and over and over and over. I was kind and I rewound and um, I remember being told, OK, Tony, it's bedtime. And we were out on the porch at my parents house 
And to paint the picture, you got to walk into the house, uh, go through a patio door, and then there's a level of stairs that go up um, to my bedroom. And my parents' bedroom's on the other side, and there's a bathroom in the middle. In, I swear to God, now I do not think this was paranormal. I think it was a child's mind being really, really freaked out. I looked up the stairwell, and standing in front of the door uh, to the bathroom, and then in front of the door to both the bedrooms, were zombies. It was like the Michael Jackson thriller zombies. I remember the one wearing the red jacket standing at the top of the stairs, and I was freaked out. I'm like, I'm not going up there. My parents were like, what? There's nothing there. But somehow, I that was that's the only time I think I've ever seen something that really wasn't there, and I know it wasn't a ghost. It was just my imagination going really far. I've never had an imagination that could actually project something out, um, you know, into the into the ether. Yeah. So it's it's horrifying when it does happen because just like you see it and you kind of rely on your vision to tell you what's yeah, happening. It was creepy, but that's the only time I ever had that experience. And no, but it was uh, I, I understand how one could have that, especially when you're a kid. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Share your real ghost stories with us. Hi, let's hear yours. Hi, Tony. Um my name is Jessica. Um, hi, Hopper, Carol, and Todd. Um, pretty cool that you have a redhead. I am also a redhead. Um, I am from Arizona, uh, but my ghost story does not take place in Arizona. My ghost story takes place in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So the <clears throat> summer before my uh, first year of high school, so... It would have been like roughly 99-2000. My late stepfather um, got a new job with GM. And um, it forced a move to Indiana. And my parents found this house. And the rent was, like, super affordable. And it was, like, right where we needed to be. And uh, it was perfect for our family of four. It was myself, my brother, my mom, and my stepdad. And things started almost immediately to my brother, my mom, and myself arriving. My stepdad had lived in the house previously uh, for three weeks before that while we packed up our house here and put everything in the U-Haul. So um, arriving to the house, my stepdad was not home. He was at work. Uh, He had sent my mom a key or brought it back with him, and I don't remember which, uh, when he came home to see us one weekend. And... um, They took, so we got to the house and everything, and then, you know, took the key to go open the front door, and we couldn't get in. You heard the deadbolt turn. You heard it click as if it was unlocked, 
the door handle would turn as if it was unlocked, but it wouldn't open. So um, we actually, and then we couldn't get any other door open either, not the garage, not the back door, nothing. So we actually had to call my stepdad, leave the property, and come back. And as soon as my stepdad got there and turned and opened the door and everything, door opened just fine for him. For us, there was nothing that was going to budge that door. All right. No big deal. House was built in the 70s. It's Indiana. A little weird. No worries. So fast forward a couple weeks. And we're getting settled in. And everything, and I mean, the house made noises, but uh, it wasn't, I don't know, really anything outside of like settling noises or anything like that, or it didn't seem so, anyway. Um, and then we met the neighborhood kids and everything like that, and this will be relevant. Um, this family was super weird. Um, they had like nine kids and it was like they ran amok. The kids would come over at like all hours. We had them come over like nine or 10 o'clock asking if we could play like at night. It was so strange. And after we had met them and everything, I was in my room one night, which was in the back of the house. My brother's room was right across from me. And everything, and all of a sudden I heard, like, fingers tapping on my window to the side of the yard. The other window went to the front yard and, like, out to the street. But the side yard wrapped around back. And, you know, it's like, well, one o'clock in the morning, I'm a night owl. I will stay up all night. But um, I heard tapping. Like as if you were like drumming your fingers across the window. And my first thought was, oh, those kids, do they just not have parents? Because they had come over late night before. So I went over to the window, pulled up the blinds, opened the window, and stuck my head out. And that's where the call ends. Okay, that's... So I want to know... What happened? What happened? Were there kids there? Were, Were... there kids on the roof? Well, <laughs> number one, I mean, there there's plenty of you know, irresponsible parents out there that would kind of let the kids run amok. But, you know, that, that's probably a lot of chaos going in in a household like that where it's it's literally just that lack of, um, you know, rules, um, which, you know, it could be that, but it could also, I mean, it makes you wonder, you know, were, were these ghost kids? Were these something else? You, you've heard of the black-eyed children thing, yeah. right? Yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's an urban legend, but some people swear that they've had this experience. 
where uh, late at night, a child knocks on your door by themselves and your parental instincts kick in. You're like, what, you know, what's going on? And they want to get in your house or they want to use your phone or something. Don't let them in your house. And you look at them and their eyes are just completely black. And people swear that they've had these experiences. I that I think that to me would be the ultimate in creepy. I think it's just like this traveling cult at this point. <laughs> it's a traveling cult. <laughs> it's like, hey kids, just go run down <laughs> this neighborhood and freak everybody out today. What do you say? Uh, 855-853-4802. Our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Share your real ghost stories with us. Uh, and I want to remind you, too, we have a new podcast that uh, is uh, in production right now. And I don't think it's probably launched by the time this airs, but it will very soon. Uh, it's called My Crazy Family. And me and Stacey Cole are, host, are hosting it. And it's all about people sharing the stories of their crazy family. It can be done completely anonymously. It can be about any member of your family. It can be about your whole family. Just those stories where you go, my family, you're not going to believe this. Uh, if you'd like to share your stories uh, for that show, be sure to uh, go to the website uh, for that. It's crazyfampod.com. I believe, yes, crazyfampod.com to share your crazy family stories there. Uh, or you can call toll-free 833-CRAY-FAM. 833-CRAY-FAM, 833-272-9326 to share your crazy family stories. It's going to be a show very much like this, but it's talking about crazy families. So check it out. We'd love to hear your stories uh, over on that podcast. But back to this one, more ghost stories. Hi. Hi. I just started listening to your show and I really enjoy it. I thought I would share a story that happened to me back in the 80s and I was about 25 years old. I had just become pregnant with my first child. I was sleeping one night and woke up and looked up and at the very top of the curtain rod, I saw a very large blue hand, just the hand, waving at me. Of course, it scared me and I scooted all the way across the bed, basically climbed over my husband, scared him. And I watched it for just a few seconds and then it just disappeared. I thought that was very odd, of course, and scary, but it never happened again. Um, had my child. Uh, in 81, I woke up and looked straight out from my bed, which normally there's a wall there, but as I'm looking, what I saw was a nursery, and I could see the crib, and I could see a changing table, and I could hear a, like a rocker and a baby crying, but I couldn't see the baby. I could just it was like the baby was around the corner and um, about a week later I found out that I was again pregnant with my second child. I thought that was kind of bizarre here. I'm having something happen with each pregnancy. In 1983 um, I was uh, again asleep and I heard my daughter crying and I saw a man, I assumed it was my husband, but I saw a man carry the baby, walked right past me and into the bathroom and closed the door. But the baby was still crying and it struck me as odd because why would he take her into the bathroom? And then I realized that the crying that I heard was still coming from the baby's bedroom and that in reality she was crying, um, but 
in whatever it was I was seeing, this shadow person, although it was very defined, carrying a baby across right past me and into the bathroom. About a week later, I found that I found out that I was again uh, pregnant. Unfortunately, this was an ectopic pregnancy and I lost the baby. I kind of wondered if maybe watching that man carry my baby away was, you know, my baby that I wasn't going to be able to have. I spoke with a friend of mine and she mentioned that she had heard some similar circumstances and she and she herself, when she was pregnant, woke to see a man sitting at the bottom of her bed and he turned and looked at her and then disappeared. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe this is something that happens to people when they're pregnant. I've never heard of any other person having uh, experiences like that and I would really love to hear if some of your listeners have anything similar. I appreciate you airing the, the story and thank you so much. I enjoy your show. Thank, uh, thank you for sharing that with us. It is, it is something I have heard before on the show uh, over the years of, um, of kind of signs coming to women who are pregnant um, or where there's situations like that where somebody miscarries and it, it, there's something that happens, whether it be she said she saw you know a person carrying a baby. Um, there's been any number of different ways that something like that could happen where it's just some sort of, I don't know, comfort, some sort of a sign. I don't know what it is, but there's, you're not alone. This is, um, I would say common, but it's certainly on this show might be somewhat. Thoughts? Um, Honestly, I kind of wonder if it's just like, if it's just like supposed to like tell you, I wonder if that thing like took the baby away, not like a sign that it's like upcoming, but that it like already that that man's just like taking the baby, kind of like a kidnapper. <laughs> You're looking at it in a very dark angle yeah, of yeah, yeah. I'm stealing your child <laughs> from you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, one of one of the interesting things that I've uh, concepts that has been presented on this show or the Grave Talks is um, when that happens, when someone miscarries and then they are able to have another child after that, is that soul of that the new child, was that the one, was it just like it's a retry? Was it the same one that was going to happen the first time, but it didn't work out, so now you'll, they, they leaped to the next one? You'll never know. I don't know. I do, uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of a warm, fuzzy thought. That, I don't know if it's hey, true, but. Hey, wasn't what? that my birth? Like That's what I kind of wonder about, because that did happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, with uh, with your mom and me, where one did not happen, one did not work out, and then about uh, yeah, several just about a year later, um, then suddenly surprise, Merry Christmas! Literally on Christmas Day, I'm not joking. <laughs> we were going out to dinner with my parents, and I was greeted with that news, and I was I mean I was very happy, but it was just not at all expected, and. We we're like literally just in the bathroom getting ready to go and go sit down to my parents at dinner. And my mind is just like spinning like, oh, my God. And um, yeah. And then you kind of been there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, you're kind of a, a Christmas present. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, August of that year, then you showed up. Let it do, let it die. And uh, be 10 years uh, this August, almost 10 years ago. And you'll be now. 40. Thanks for reminding me of that little factoid. <laughs> That's um, it's always nice, isn't it? Ah, uh, yes. 
30s went quick with you. Uh, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all of it commercial free so you can binge away on. It is quite literally the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories ever created. You get it. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Real Ghost Stories. Get access to all of it. Five bucks a month. Sign up now. Until next time, for Harper and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening.